Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Tom Pizer, Senior Director of Learning Technologies at GP Strategies. Tom, thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks for having me. So now you're here to talk about the landscape of XR, otherwise known as cross-reality and also known as extended reality. So for those like me, who before I looked it up, don't know what that term means, extended reality, what is that? What are we talking about? XR is kind of a little bit more of a catch-all for the various realities. And uh, I think because they can all be categorized into a technology where you're using a device um, that is overlaying information or is presenting virtual information in a 3D capacity or is in a, a media capacity for the learner to react to. When we think of the technologies, the technologies that fit into XR are a little bit more nuanced. So what falls into those categories is virtual reality, VR, and uh, that's a, a bit more like a fictionalized space where I'll put on a headset and that headset will place me into a scenario or will place me into a world. Whereas AR, which is also thought of as being in the XR category, With augmented reality, think of your Iron Man uh, uh, example, where information is being overlaid or presented in a just-in-time fashion. It's being overlaid in your field of view. So you're able to uh, pull up and react to that information. And then what's the other technology? Merge reality, is that one of them? So that's uh, MR, mixed reality, and it's uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, mixed reality. So it's a little bit of both where you can have fictionalized elements pulled up in front of you and and you can react and respond to those and assess in those. But it also is an environment where it can place just in time information in your field of view. So uh, information that you might need at the point of work. Okay, gotcha. So in what context is one of these technologies better than another for learning and training? Like, how do you know which to go with? Yeah, good question. And I think it's a question that some of our um, uh, customers uh, struggle with. Um, What we're finding is that virtual reality is a great opportunity to allow someone to practice a skill that they are unfamiliar with, uh, maybe be familiarized to a concept because we are placing them into uh, a, a fixed environment. Um, So I guess the takeaway from that is assessment, a little bit more assessment based. Um, With augmented reality, that type of information tends to be more valuable at the point of performance. So I'm on the job, I'm performing a task, uh, maybe I need a reminder, or maybe I need to phone a friend, maybe I need to have someone take a look at what I'm looking at, uh, see what I'm seeing in my field of view, um, but they're not in my immediate vicinity. So it offers the opportunity to to pull in a resource at that point. Okay, got it. You mentioned before with virtual reality that, that, that that's good for training on a skill. What would be an example of that? A uh, number of really good examples. You know, it's kind of funny when we used to think about it 
in the earlier days, we were thinking about things like onboarding, orienting someone to a campus or something along those lines. But it's become a lot more nuanced. So now we've got hard skills assessment where maybe I am demonstrating my ability to perform a task, uh, to open a valve or yeah. to uh, manipulate objects in sequence. Um, and and uh, we're also finding that it's really good opportunity to practice uh, conversations, maybe a little bit more in the lines of role play. So more on the soft skills side of things. So we're seeing both hard skill and soft skill adoption. Okay, got it. So let's broaden out a little bit and talk about the kind of changes that you've seen related to XR technologies over the past couple of years. Are you seeing more adoption of these technologies? Is there or or more aversion to them? Yeah, well, what's what trends are you seeing? We are seeing a lot more adoption, and uh, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, we were starting to see before COVID happened. We were starting to see an uptick uh, in VR development, and then subsequent to uh, COVID, we saw a lot more interest in it. And I. I was asked this question just recently, and I kind of hypothesized that part of it might be that more tools are coming to market, uh, more people are being uh, are becoming more comfortable with the technology, and with the proliferation of you know VR headsets on on the consumer market, it's becoming uh, more and more relatable. Hmm. Okay. And do you think that that the pandemic itself has driven any of this? Just people were kind of forced to to get used to new technologies like Zoom if they have they'd never used it before, and just kind of spend more time in kind of virtual spaces like virtual meetings and things like that. Do you think that COVID has that the pandemic itself has sort of driven adoption or accelerated it? I, I think it's definitely had an impact on it. We have seen that, of course. Companies that were perhaps historically not comfortable with people being away from the office or online um, have had to become more comfortable with that. Similarly, transmissive technologies like virtual reality and augmented reality, they've become, uh, if if not more curious uh, about it, more comfortable with the adaptation of it in their IT environment and in their learning environment. As an example, our company, GP Strategies, recently conducted an online version of our customer forum. This is a meeting between uh, senior leadership from our our customer ecosystem for them to come together and share ideas and experiences and trends that they're seeing in the market. Well, annually, my team is asked to come in and build a innovative activity as kind of an icebreaker. This year, because everyone was so separated, we elected to use a virtual reality experience. We built a virtual reality escape room and had people sign up and join cohorts. Hmm. They were working in a virtual escape room where they had to communicate, they had to adapt to change, they had to problem solve, all the while kind of losing track of the fact that they were 
from distributed areas across the globe. We had people coming in from, from the UK. We had people coming in from Asia Pacific, Latin America. So it, it really created kind of a, a personal experience. That's pretty cool. And, and were people wearing virtual reality headsets and sort of seeing each other in a virtual realm? It's interesting because some people were able to come in in a headset, those who had headsets. But because we were talking about an environment where perhaps not everyone was familiar with working in a headset, we also needed to adapt the activity so that it could be run off of a laptop. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to get in through what's called WebGL. It's a 3D version uh, of of a web experience in your browser. And so we had a mix of participants, some in headset and some by browser. We were able to adapt mm. the activity so it would work with them all. That's really cool. And, and how well did it work overall? Uh, it worked really fantastic. So um, we had no latency. We had great communication between the teams. And it was just generally a, a, a fun way for people to mm. get in communicate, practice their skills, problem solve, and experience something that was uh, new and different to them. Okay. Wow. That's, that's really cool. So I know like, like with a lot of new technologies, there are always questions about how well does this actually work? Like what does the data say? Is there even data, enough data to give us a robust sense of how effective a given technology is? And these technologies are new enough so that I think even if you go back a few years, the answer might have been, well, no, not really. We're not sure. But what about now? These technologies have been around. What kind of data do we have and what does the data say? The fortunate thing is just as more adoption has been happening in the industry, more tools have come to the industry. There is now more measurement that's ongoing. Uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, recently did a, a great study on efficacy, and in their findings, they determined that learners were exponentially uh, more engaged. One of the things that they found is because in a headset environment, you were more focused, there is less opportunity for people to multitask at the same time that they're going through an experience. So they're more engaged. They're more focused on the activity, and they're more likely to complete the activity from beginning to end. We're finding that there are statistics and studies coming in from uh, uh, Stanford universities doing a lot of efficacy studies. Uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers has done some. There are uh, uh, Burson studies and uh, Statistica studies. So there's, there's a lot of data out there that supports the XR experiences. Okay, interesting. You know, it seems to me that one possible impediment to some of this, at least virtual reality, and I think you you mentioned this in your example of the GP uh, virtual reality escape room project, that A, not everyone has a headset and they've come way down in price, but they're not, but still they're not exactly cheap. And, and it's a headset. I mean, you have to cover most of your head with this big device Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? How much of an impediment does that does the headset part of it pose at this point? It, it can pose an impediment, or at least it can pose a hurdle 
that you need to prepare for. So there are some some additional things that you have to take into consideration. It's not like rolling out e-learning where one of the assumptions is that someone's got a a laptop or computer and they can consume the learning. We have built in uh, a few components to support the rollout of these types of programs. So we'll build uh, we'll build in logistics. We will, in some cases, acquire headsets for the customer and handle the logistics of distributing those headsets. In other cases, we have rented headsets. And like I was saying with the um, uh, with the escape room experience, we developed it so it could be uh, distributed in a hybrid approach, right. partially by headset and, and partially by desktop. And in addition to that, you also have to do a fair amount of scaffolding or bookending on the experience. So we will often, if we're, if we're distributing this remotely, we will send out the headsets. We will go through an orientation session where they're learning how to use the hand controllers, getting comfortable with the headset for the first time. And then we'll back it up afterwards after they've gone through the experience and we'll do a debrief. And we'll talk to them about the experience and kind of draw some parallels between the real world and the the fictional world that we've constructed. So what are some of the most interesting and important things that your team has learned over the past few years when it comes to the development of XR and how it's how it's likely to continue developing, you know, off into the future? Well, we have learned that things are not going to stay the same. Um, we've been, we've been working in the XR environments for well over five years now, maybe just, maybe just shy of 10 years now. And there, there's learning curves that you have to go through. If we're going to be developing 3D content, you've got to have some 3D resources. If you're going to be developing 360 degree videos, you've got to have teams that are, uh, that are adept in building those those style of branching scenarios uh there's a there's a new skill set that that comes into play and it's one of those things that you learn at you learn and you grow as you go so the more that you develop the better you become at it um we have learned uh some things about the length and breadth of the content you don't want to try and teach too much in the virtual world. It's a much better tool for practice and assessment. I'd say that most of our implementations range from about the, you know, the five minute to 20 minute mark. And then that is an assessment activity that is part of a broader learning journey or learning experience. How likely do you think it is 10 years from now, 15 years from now, that when you start a new job, you get a laptop, and a headset. I mean, or, or I like think, a, a VR headset, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, I think very likely. I think that this is a technology that has just boomed recently. Uh, as you had mentioned earlier, uh, the cost of the devices is coming down and the AR toolkits are built into our mobile phones. So being able to pull up, you know, that wearable device and, and use it on the job is something that that's going to become more and more expected by the learning audience. Uh, I think as more and more headset devices for augmented reality become ruggedized and uh, more easily distributed for some of your 
labor forces. It's going to become more and more likely. So I would say that we are scratching the surface of the technology and capability. Teams are getting better at it. The tools are becoming uh, more and more sophisticated. And uh, we're, I'd say that we're not very far off from being handed a laptop and a headset. Wow. Pretty cool. It's, a, it's an interesting time to be alive and in the workforce. It really is. It really is. It's an exciting time to be in the learning yeah. industry, I'd say. Absolutely. Well, Tom, thank you so much for all those insights and uh, for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. I love talking about this stuff. I, I like to say that I have the, the, the best job at uh, GP Strategies. Thanks again. Thank you very much. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.